Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today. We got an exciting uh, podcast with a lot of great things to discuss, but our overarching theme, as always, is how we connect the Lordship of Jesus Christ to real life, and uh, we're excited to do that. Um, we've had an amazing week. God continues to do uh, uh, just incredible things in our midst. You know, we had our uh, our quarry meeting, which at Living Stones is our leadership gathering. We had that Sunday night. Uh, phenomenal uh, turnout. Again, lots of excitement. And we captured a lot of, uh, of uh, testimonies about what God's doing right yeah. now. And, and I just want to encourage, you know, it, there's something exciting about partnering with the Lord and believing God and, and moving in faith uh, and then watching the Lord do what only He can do. And that's really the, the key to uh, an exciting uh, Christ-centered life is when we jump out of the nest and we start to fly with the Lord and uh, and watch what he does. So there's going to be some amazing testimonies coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, but um, one of the things we highlighted was uh, something coming up this Saturday, which I'm incredibly excited about. Yeah, this Saturday we have our uh, monthly market share ministry. And for those who don't know what market share this market yeah. share is, Really, our uh, ministry of encouragement for uh, anyone working the marketplace, yeah. especially the business owners and the entrepreneurs. Which yeah. is we shared, you know, th this is the majority of folks listening to this podcast right now, and and our our contention has been why isn't the church more practically engaged in helping those who are called to minister out there, yeah. you know, to be equipped, to be inspired, to to, to be relationally supported, uh, and so really supported in every way. I mean, uh, it's the whole theology of the kingdom that we want to bring to the marketplace. Yeah, and I think it's a unique perspective from a lot of churches, which I didn't, I'm not really aware of, aware of because I'm not in a lot of churches, yeah, yeah. but you know, what you shared on uh, Sunday night at Corey was so good. You said, you know, yeah, we want you to serve a church, engage in church and all that, but we know your mission field is really out where you work, yeah. in your own fact, compartment. I kind of made a funny on that night because we talked about oh, yeah. ministry outhouse versus ministry in-house. And I said, I said, ministry outhouse is where all the action is happening. But, that was not planned. But what we meant by that was simply, you know, we, we do people a disservice to suggest that when you come to church, that's where you do ministry. And I think a lot of people and a lot of pastors get frustrated because yeah. I've had people come up to me, Pastor Ron, just tell me how I can serve you. Pastor Ron, tell me, tell me what I can do. Well, there's not really a lot of ways that I can ask you to serve at church, but really what I'm trying to do yeah. and what we're trying to do is equip you to serve where you're called to serve, which Absolutely. is your nine to five job, your 40 hours a week. Right out there in the marketplace or in your home, in your family, with your kids, in your community. You know, yes, we have important, you know, tasks here at the church, right. but that's not the whole story. Yeah, and and, and that's that's a tension point because, yes, we, we do want you to kind of buy in our vision, and our most churches are volunteer-run, and we want some of that, but we want you to have the your identity, your your real calling is where God has put you most yeah. of the time, which is with your family, in your community, in your workplace. And it's interesting because I was talking to, um, you know, talking about market share, um, um, the group that's coming to speak at Market Share is uh, Beatonbow Group. Um, yeah. They're a home builder from Texas, Lubbock, Texas. And I was talking to Rick Beatonbow, the head of that group, and he was saying, you know, I, I, I can't say this in most churches, but in your church I can say it, which is really exactly the message we just shared, which is 
yeah. your call to where you are working, and that's where you're. That's where God most wants to reveal Himself is yeah. at your work. And and His whole thing was like a lot of churches. I don't. I'm not comfortable saying that because right. you're most like insulting the pastor. But you right. guys preach it. So if we if we say that, then it sounds like we're diminishing the role of the church. Right. But but again, we're not diminishing the role of the church. The the church is the hub. The church is the centerpiece of God's activity. I always tell people, God does not have a plan B. It's the church of Jesus Christ. It's the the church is the the blood-bought bride that Christ gave his life for on the cross, and the, the church is mission central. So it's not like we elevate things above the church or we even put things on par with the church. The church is where we equip our business leaders, our marketplace leaders, to go out and to move in a, in a, a kingdom dimension. Yeah. Um, and so we're not, you know, whenever we talk about ele- elevating the kingdom, we're saying, hey, your, your role as a as a CEO is no less than my role as a pastor. In other words, there's not like levels of spirituality. It's really understanding your assignment. And if we could get people to understand their assignment, and that's really part of why we're doing this series now at Living Stones called Special Delivery, the whole goal is for us simply to realize that if you are a born-again believer, God has saved you on purpose for his purpose and, and it doesn't involve just coming to church or singing some worship songs or hearing a message by a pastor. It's really the church's role is to equip believers to do the ministry out there in the marketplace uh, where, again, the vast majority of people coming to church, that's where you spend your world. Yeah. Or the, the wife at home raising her children or teaching men to be godly husbands, um, the, the next generation, the legacy that we pass. So so this is, this is radically different, though, because, like, for instance, the whole seeker-sensitive movement was all about trying to bring people to church so that we could somehow lead them along this path, you know, dropping grains of... Uh, corn or something, lead them along this path to where they would finally come to know Jesus. But our philosophy of living stones is is not seeker-driven. We want to be saint-driven. We want to train the church. We want to equip believers not to bring people here to to get saved or to encounter Jesus, but equip you to take Jesus to the marketplace. That's where you have relationships and you have influence and you have authority, and that's where the Lord wants to use you powerfully uh, to reach people as powerfully as God would use us, you know, in the local church. Absolutely. We're, that's why we consider ourselves a kingdom church because we see that we're about God's kingdom, which is over everything, over the church, over the marketplace, over government, over education. Yeah. And we're we're sending our organization. We want to equip you so you you bring the presence of God. You usher in the kingdom and wherever you're at. Absolutely. So. It's a different mentality a lot of times. Yeah. No, it is, but I but I hope it's an it's an empowering philosophy to people, but it's also scary because what we're basically telling our folks is, you know what? It's, you know, the ministry is not about a a, a special class of people who are called to be pastors yeah. or teachers or missionaries or whatever. What we're saying is Every believer in the in the body of Christ should be equipped and mobilized. Should be, you know, we call it loved. You know, loved to life. We want to mend people. We want to see them healed so that they can be uh, confident in who they are in Christ and they get their hearts healed. Yeah. And then we train them, which is a lot of what happens on Sundays and various avenues in our local church. But the goal is to be sent. Uh, that's the apostolic uh, nature of the local church. When we just train people, teach people, but we don't 
launch people. That's the uh, that's the outward thrust of the gospel. And yeah. and what happens when you stop equipping people to be powerfully effective in the marketplace? You have a church that just becomes kind of a silo uh, instead of a church that's a, a, a an army. And I'll tell you what, a, a fully mobilized church is scary to the devil, but it's also scary to Christians because they're like, what, you want me to do something? You're expecting me to share Jesus? Yeah. You're expecting me to hear from the Holy Spirit? This can be intimidating Absolutely. to some people. And, uh, and so the whole point of, of what we're doing in this series right now called Market Share, I'm, I'm sorry, not Market Share, Special Delivery, is to help you understand that the Holy Spirit inside of you uh, wants to give you nudges and prompts and and, uh, and insight uh, to deliver the goodness of God, the miracle power of God to people who are in need. And, you know, just a little highlight for this Sunday. Uh, we're going to be talking about, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the major areas of people's needs. And what I'm going to hit on this Sunday is the whole uh, area of financial uh concerns or crises, you know, so many people, in fact, Jesus is constantly talking about, why are you worried about money? Why are you worried about how you're going to feed your family? Why are you worried about what clothes you're going to wear? Mm. Seek first the kingdom, right? So so an unsaved person or a carnal Christian's major concern is money. How Am I going to have enough? Do I have what I need? You know, can I get what I want to buy? You know, can I have the status symbols, whatever? But, but it's interesting that money is going to be a major vehicle that God's going to use to communicate his, his incredible love and yeah. fathering over people's lives. And many times he wants us to be the conduits of blessing to somebody else, yeah. uh, which is why, you know, you'll hear us say over and over again, and why we, why we focus on the marketplace, um, we believe in prosperity, but prosperity with a purpose. You cannot be a source of blessing to somebody else if you're broke. You cannot be a source of financial breakthrough if you yourself are living in poverty. And so we wanna see the church blessed, we wanna see homes and families blessed, we wanna see the marketplace blessed, which is why, again, it kinda of goes back to, to this Saturday's meeting. When you have kingdom men and women who are led of the Holy Spirit and who are listening to God and who are using their finances for kingdom purposes, not only do you have an incredible potential to bless a community, yeah. but those men and women get blessed because you you literally cannot outgive the Lord. And it really becomes exciting and fun. Yeah, and I, I share this at Market Share a lot, and I share it over and over again because I think we need to hear. this. We make this huge dis distinction between a Christian business, which is just a coin, it's just a term I coin, versus kingdom business. And what I, what I would consider or just a Christian business is the business is really about you and what you want to do. And you throw a Christian label on top of it or you go to church on Sunday. But the kingdom business is so much more in depth. Kingdom business is so much, it requires so much more out of you because you recognize that your business don't belong to you. It belongs to God. And you don't do it just symbolically. Yeah. You don't just say it. You it's practically. Not, it's not the little fish on your bumper sticker. Right. That says, or on yeah. your door or, yeah. your, or your sign or your logo, your, your business logo. You proactively ask the Holy Spirit in hiring decisions, firing decisions, uh, marketing decisions. Uh, you proactively seek the Lord to, to for for major decision in your life, and you make relationship a major part of your business and your interaction with employee. People aren't just cogs in your wheel. Um, people are 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 um, are actually your your main priorities yeah. uh, to spend time with your employees to invest in their lives. 
That's how you kingdomize your church. Well, and I love what you shared a couple weeks ago when you preached. It was a great message, but you talked about, you know, just candidly in your own life, and it's something we all can relate with, uh, the fact that when it comes right down to it, the issue really is about control. Like, if you're you're a Christian and you happen to be running a business, let's say it's a HVAC business or a plumbing business or whatever, but a Christian business means you go to church on Sunday and you run the business and you happen to be a Christian. Yeah. But a kingdom business is really where you've given the control of that business over to the Lord and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you and, you're, and the way you treat your people and the way you grow and the way you conduct yourself and the, the way you move in faith and the way you allow the, the supernatural aspects of God's kingdom to invade your business, that makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's some of the stuff that, that Rick Beatenbow uh, from Beatenbow Homes is going to talk about this Saturday. So again, come on out. It's going to be really, really powerful. Yeah, really encourage you, empowering message. He's not just coming by himself. He's bringing his leadership team, uh, which is his what a treat. Yeah, what a treat. Yeah. Looking so, forward to spending time with them. Yeah, it'll be great. And hopefully we'll we'll be able to uh, to sit him down in, in this room right here and do it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a busy week. Go through our schedule sometime. <laughs> but if you do want to come, please go on to our church website, elsons.org, and look up, look for the link and sign up for it. We have breakfast provided at 8 o'clock, and we, we just want to make sure we got enough food. Yeah, you know? and the food is always tremendous, but the, the fellowship is even more yeah. rich. Amen. So come on out. It's going to be great. You know, this is probably a good transition uh, into where we're going to go for really the next couple of podcasts. Um, we always like to bring biblical truth uh, to bear on what's happening in our culture. And, you know, of course, this month uh, has been hijacked, uh, the month of June. Uh, everything is is the LGBTQ rainbow, and all we hear is how victimized uh, everybody is that's in that camp. And, uh, you know, I've been a little bit concerned uh, that the, all the, the children's things like Nickelodeon and certain programs that are out that are just full-blown pushing an LGBTQ. Uh, Q, whatever. Yeah, gone the days as a parent for young yeah. kids, you just turn on TV and just let it go. No, 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 you can't do that anymore. You have no. to watch what they watch. No, but all the way from yeah. all the way from you know children's programming. Oh yeah. Uh, to of course all the sports leagues, you know, yeah. um, and then you know the Biden administration. Uh, instead of making uh, military readiness about winning wars, uh, now we're having the whole homosexualization and lesbian transgender movement placed on our military uh, to the tune of uh, flying rainbow flags at our embassies and having uh, diversity training in our military. And, and basically the last thing was uh, uh, a, a strong word to chaplains that were no longer allowed. Uh, you know, of course, the role of a chaplain has been to address the spiritual needs of the troops. Uh, and now chaplains are being told that uh, they're not allowed to say anything that would that would be uh, mean or or against the lifestyle. Again, the scripture speaks so clearly about uh, in the Bible as being something that God does not approve of uh, and that is sinful. So while we want to love people and while we want to care for people, we're having this whole agenda and you're seeing it everywhere. In fact, uh, the latest one, which I just had to laugh about, was um, evidently Burger King has this ingenious marketing campaign now where uh, on Sundays, uh, every chicken sandwich that they sell, this is a kind of in mockery of, uh, of uh, Chick-fil-A, but every chicken sandwich that they sell, a portion of that uh, chicken sandwich proceeds is going to go to support uh, the LGBT cause of some sort. And so, so that's, that's their boast. That's their marketing campaign. Um, and so, again, we're just having this everywhere uh, kind of shoved down our throats. And I think if you're like most people, you're saying, you know, oh, I feel overwhelmed. What, what can I do? Not just yeah. about that issue, but just about the growing 
decline and secularization of, of the American culture. Yeah. Like, where do we begin? You know, like, what do I do? Uh, and if you're not careful, I think what happens is you feel condemned, like you're not doing enough. That's one thought. Or you become uh, fearful. And I've, I and I want to encourage our listeners. You know, fear is not part of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, joy. Mm-hmm. That's the kingdom of God. And whenever you get launched out of that domain into fear, you're not operating uh, from the heart or the mindset that Jesus would have you to operate in. Uh, And so we need to stay in faith, but we also need to understand the parameters, I guess, of of what God's calling us to do. And that's why I think this, you know, I want to get back to our special delivery series because this has been helpful to me. I, I can look at what's going on in the media, look at what, what this administration is pushing, the wickedness and perversion that's being put forth in a, a lot of our policy. And if you're not careful, you just get, like I said, you get overwhelmed. So I've always found it helpful. Instead of going, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed, what can I do? Yeah, ask the question, what can I do? And what I can do is I can be fully surrendered to Jesus today. I can ask the Holy Spirit to use me. I can love the people around me. I can take uh, dominion over the ground that God's given me and over the places of authority that I have. And instead of throwing up my hands and saying, you know, the world's going to hell uh, in a handbasket and what can I do about it? I can say, no, I, I can be an agent for transformation today as I partner with God to deliver special delivery, to deliver his packages of grace and kindness and salvation and mercy and truth and deliverance and all of that. I, I can deliver that to people that I'm going to come in contact with That's today. Good. And I think, uh, I, I like, I think like many others, when I get overwhelmed, I just shut down. You know, oh, instead yeah. of doing 1%, I say I'm doing 0%. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's paralyzing. It's paralyzing. And I think that's one of the tricks of the enemy. We, we're, there's so many avenues that just come at us. Uh, but I think, like you said, the kingdom of God is not being overwhelmed. The king, God has a purpose. He has a plan. Yeah. We feel like, you know, we're like going in the tsunami of cultural uh, perversion, and we're just like a little, you know, s- little sandcastle, get, like a yeah, swallow. Absolutely. That's not the reality. The reality is God's got a plan in place. Amen. He's got strategy in place. Heaven is a command center. He's looking for people to partner with. He's not impressed by, by Burger King. He's not impressed by the culture. Yeah. So our job is simply to partner with him in strategic locations the way he wants to do it. So that, that gives me clarity. That gives, gives me confidence that I'm not just like... You know, kamikaze myself again. You know, <laughs> the Lone Ranger, the Lone Ranger <laughs> against the army of everyone. You know, sometimes how you feel, but that's not. We're more like strategic special ops that God has. Yeah. God wants to recruit, train. He wants to train us. He wants to heal us. He wants to train us and send us a strategic location for His divine purpose. Amen. And that's a lot more reassuring. Then just like, you know what, here's a musket. They got tanks. Go for it. We'll see what happens, yeah. you know? <laughs> we got our peace shooters. Yeah, peace shooters. Feel like a, the, the army of, of the enemy is so big, but it's not, it's not the case, as you no. just pointed out. And, you know, I, I laugh because uh, in our uh, hyper-individualistic culture where we emphasize the, the, the person over over the community. Uh, you know, even the armed forces came out with their army of one, you know, uh, kind of like, you, you're the weapon, you're the secret weapon. I just had to laugh about that because, of course, 
military readiness and, and military success is not ever about the one. It's always about an army working together or multiple divisions working together. And, you know, we highlighted that the beauty of, uh, of Amazon, this massive distribution center, distribution warehouses, amazing ground game of delivery agents, right? But that's nothing. That's that. That is a that is a uh, an earthly picture of the church of Jesus Christ, God's place strategically, gatherings of people, groupings of His people that come together under His name in community, yeah. um, with an incredible distribution center. If the church just equipped its people to know the Lord, to love the Lord, and to love people, and to be sensitive and empowered by the Holy Spirit, we could take over planet Earth, you know? That's good. Uh, And so that's really where our focus is. So stay happy, Hmm. don't be overwhelmed, be excited, live in faith, love people, love Jesus, uh, but don't be in fear, and, and just do what God does in Psalm 2. He sits in the heavens and he laughs. So so laugh at what the enemy is trying to do and realize, as Pastor Andrew just said, God has something so much greater in store for his people, uh, and it certainly isn't defeat well, and let depression. Me, let me jump to one point. Like yeah. I think one of the ways we have to keep ourselves encouraged is when we come along others who are doing this. Yes. So we feel like we're not alone. We come to a hub. Uh, of a place in which other people are seeking the Lord, are passionate about God, and God's moving. That's why these testimonies are so powerful, because you realize God is still moving. You are not alone. But but we need each other. I mean, isolation does crazy things to our mind. And I don't have to be together. I'd say a hearty amen to this. I uh, I just had recently had to perform a, a, a funeral for somebody who, and I've seen this over and over again. First of all, the, the devil brings discouragement. Then it leads to depression. Uh, he isolates you from people. Um, we need each other. I mean, when I'm having a bad day, I don't. The last thing I need to do is is sit at work or sit at my house by myself or be alone. I need I need people to say, "Hey, come on, it's gonna be all right. Yeah. Uh, let's go out and have a cup of coffee together." We we need each other, but the devil isolates people, and then you get in in our culture today where people end up taking their lives. Now that's the worst case scenario, but I've seen a lot of Christians shipwrecked because they failed to understand the the local authority and blessing of the body of Christ being connected and being under the lordship of Jesus in a strong local church where you're fed and where you grow and where you're encouraged and where you're developed. That is essential. So don't fall into this, you know, the habit today where some Christians are lucky if they're in church one or two Sundays a month. Make that a discipline, a godly discipline in your life to stay connected and to begin your week Worshiping Jesus with God's people, critically important. Um, and I think you bring out a good point. Well, none of us are an army of one. Yeah. We're going to get our brains beat out. If, if you're we... discouraged, look at your surroundings and say, are you surrounded by good friends who are on the journey, on mission with God? I mean, that's the number. Four. That's the first thing I would look at. You Amen. Know? So, Amen. Amen. And, and this is humility at work here, too, because I'm recognizing I need you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I need the body of Christ. And uh, and that's humility. That's healthy. It's like, I, I can't do this alone. We can't fight these battles alone. But together, we're invincible. Well, I want to jump to Marcus show real quick. I was talking to Rick, and he's talking about some of his leaders are world-class leaders. They make, they're such good troubleshooters. However, even they have learned that our decision is better than my decision. That's good. Now, for a top tier um, leader, CEO, you know, that's a that's a humbling thought. I like that. Our decision better than my decision. My decision. There's yeah. wisdom, creativity. There is, oh, absolutely. Safety. And as a strong-willed person, myself included, a lot of times I think 
You can ask my wife. I think I know best. And I have to train myself, teach myself, you know, remind myself that our, my wife and I together, our decision is better than my decision. And I think that takes humility, like you said. And for us, when we're facing um, discouragement, depression, all these different things, we need to understand us is better than just me by ourselves. So that's not just our personal life. That's our business, our marketplace. That's our church. That's everywhere. Absolutely. So here's what we want to do. Uh, We're going to introduce kind of a a topic that we might spend the next couple of podcasts on. We'll get we'll get it introduced today. But recently I had the privilege of, of speaking at the what's called the Hoosier Leadership Series. It's a, a series sponsored by the Indiana Family Institute um, where young professionals are, are brought together for, for one day a month and taught on a variety of things. And I, and I had the privilege of speaking uh, down there. And one of the things that was part of my talk, and I want to unpackage this in the next, uh, again, a couple of podcasts, but I talked about five barriers to Christian cultural engagement or involvement. We might call these, um, you know, paradigm shifts that need to happen. But they're they're areas of um, uh, of wrong thinking that I've seen over and over again in the church that keep us from being salt and light. And like I said, we'll see how far how far we get. In fact, how far are we into this episode about today? Twenty three minutes, twenty four. Okay, so we'll we'll maybe get into the first or second point uh, today, and then we'll take a little break here, and then we'll create another podcast for you to enjoy. But I want you to examine these and 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 do this. Take a look at the church that you're currently attending, and see if some of these are mentalities that are present in uh, in your, your church's leadership, because these are things that keep your church from being engaged in the way, uh, the salt and light that the Lord intends for us to, to be. So the first one that we talk about is what I call spiritual pacifism. Spiritual pacifism. You know, a pacifist is somebody who just, you know, in times of war, uh, by virtue of their conscience, they just say, you know, I, I they're, they're non-combatants. They're, they're, they're people who don't want to engage for whatever reason in violence or, or whatever they come up with. But there's a spiritual kind of pacifism that I think is incredibly unhealthy. You know, many Christians have lost sight of the fact that we are in war. Like, earth is a contested battlefield. Yeah. There is Satan, our adversary. There are demonic forces that are working against us. There's the spirit of this world. We deal with it in the ungodly governments, right? A worldliness, a secularism, an antichrist spirit that's in the earth today. And here's the sad thing. You know, when you're fighting an enemy, like... We used to recognize evil. Ronald Reagan talked about the, the Soviet empire as the, he called it the evil empire, and every liberal had a fit because they don't like terms of good or evil. But here's the reality. You have a an evil army who hates you as a Christian um, and who's seeking to destroy you. You have an antichrist spirit that is against anything uh, of righteousness, holiness, anything of Christ. Um, and uh, And many Christians feel like we're on the love boat instead of a battleship. (laughs) And I just want to tell you, first of all, if you're at a church that's a love boat, you're going to have a completely wrong approach to culture because you just think, you know, we're just here to be nice, hand out lollipops, and everybody love one another. That is not how this world operates. That is not the direction or the trajectory that this world is headed. Uh, We are in, in the midst of incredible spiritual warfare and here's the thing that we need to understand. People's lives are at stake. The prize in this battle are the souls of, of human beings. Yeah. 
And to have a spiritual, as we said here, spiritual pacifist approach means that you're just going to disengage from the larger battles. And, and we've kind of seen this. Like, so, we, so we take the whole LGBT thing, for instance. A, a church that's a spiritual pacifist church will never preach on why homosexuality is a sin or why all the other forms of sexual uh, perversion are sins and they destroy human life created in the image of God and they dishonor the glory of God. We take a pacifist, in other words, we're just gonna steer away from that topic because it's controversial. We're gonna withdraw, we're gonna, we're gonna disengage, we're, gonna, uh, we're going to avoid anything that smacks of controversy because um, we're pacifists. We, we don't, we, we run from conflict. And I guess the question I want to ask those of you who are watching today is, is there anything worth fighting for? <laughs> yeah. Where's the line? Yeah. Where's where, the line? Where do you draw the line? Yeah. What, and is, is it godly yeah. to simply, you know, withdraw? Um, when people's lives are at stake, when, when the gospel truth is at stake, uh, do we take a pacifist approach, uh, especially when, you know, for instance, you, you, you had a phone conversation or your lovely wife had a phone conversation with somebody uh, and they were, you know, concerned about the whole uh, LGBT push. And, and, you know, I'll just say this. Many parents are concerned about raising children in a culture that's largely become toxic. Uh, and I just want to say this, we should be concerned with raising kids in a, in a culture that's toxic. And there's all kinds of perversion and crazy things that are being promoted uh, in the name of love and equality and all this kind of stuff. So here's the point, like a spiritual pacifist approach, we don't even talk about this st stuff from the pulpit. Right. And so we allow the culture to become toxic. And then we're surprised when people in our own churches are, are experiencing the fallout from the attacks going on around them. Yeah. And, and we just we just pretend we're like going like, hey, every, isn't everything great? Yeah, or people in our own family or our own kids. And that's why I've seen over and over again. Like you and I are involved in the highs of people's great, you know, baby's birth, graduation, but we're also involved in a lot of lows. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we are, I would say use the word privileged um, lightly, but you know what I mean, to oh, yeah. be able to see the highs and lows. And we have an understanding of the reality of the depths of human hearts. Well, it, it gives you an accurate picture of yeah. the real world. Of the real world. There is some real darkness. There's some real pain. There's some real hurts. The devil's at work. There's a there's a force or a personality that hates us. And I think many people are uncomfortable with, with thinking or believing um, that there's someone who actively is planning and scheming and hates you. Yeah. And and but but that's what this is talking about. That the kingdom of God, we're at war against the, against the kingdom of doctor, uh, darkness. Jesus said, "I came to destroy the work of the devil." Destroy is a strong word. Right. The devil doesn't want his works to be destroyed. So there's a contention for those who are being Christian. And what I've seen over and over again is a lot of people don't really get engaged until it really starts to hurt. And by that, I mean you really get it gets to their kids. Then it's, then it's a wake up call. Yes, that's a wake up call. I mean, research has shown, insurance has shown, statistics has shown that when people have kids, their mentality changes. Yeah. Their political views change. Absolutely. How they vote change. How they drive change. Having kids all of a sudden is a, a rude awakening. And we're trying to tell people, hey, you don't need to necessarily have kids to understand that we're at war. Um, and for many parents to realize, no, like be engaged because if you if you're not at war out here, it's gonna come in here. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. If we if the church doesn't wake up from this spiritual pacifism, yeah. eventually what's going on in the culture, as you said, 
shows up on the doors of your church. Yeah. And, and then you're like, oh, you're shocked. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, some of our own children are being devastated by uh, by certain ideologies or certain things. You know, I had a, I had a professor in college who was uh, a pacifist, and we had some interesting discussions. I said, I said, what if our nation was invaded by people who hated us? And they showed up on your doorstep, and they're there to kill you. They're here that she didn't have children; she was single. But they're there to say to kill my children. Yeah. Um, her approach was, "Well, Jesus would just love these people." And I said, "So, so what would your approach be if you're fighting a war with a hostile power who does not love Jesus and who wants to kill you?" And she, this, this was her honest answer. She said, she supported like flying over those countries and dropping tracks, gospel tracks into those countries so that they would read the tracks and then somehow be converted and then become our friends. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there with my mouth open, like like nothing against gospel tracks, but if that's your approach to wickedness and evil, if number one, you're completely uh, living in a fairy tale world. Number two, you're, you're missing out on the purpose of government, which was the institution created by God to restrain evil and to punish wickedness. So it assumes that there's an evil, wicked world and right. people who will not need respond, to be restrained. Who yeah. need to be restrained right. by force if yeah. necessary. Right. It also completely overlooks like our Second Amendment, which means you and I have the personal right to protect ourselves, our yeah. property, it's and our families. It's to protect our families. When, yeah. when yeah. government fails right. uh, or government's not there. Right. Uh, but here's my point. To, to trans, transfer this over to the, a church that only gives feel-good messages that doesn't deal with spiritual warfare, that has no sense of, how about this, spiritual, understand the difference, spiritual violence. Like, do you ever get mad that the enemy is messing with you, your marriage, your kids? In other words, there, there's a time to wage war against evil and to speak out against wickedness and to have a strong stance and say, you know what? No more. We're not going to allow this in our church, in our nation, in our families, in our schools. That's what the Lord is looking for. But if you're a spiritual pacifist, then you're just going to hand out lollipops and throw tracks at people, and you're going to hope that that solves the problem. Yeah. And my question is, are you sure you're doing this out of love or are you doing this out of fear? Oh. And, and and that's a, that's a deep question because I can't look into your heart. But for me, a lot of times love looks like a stern message. Love means a correction. Learning saying, here's boundaries. You cannot cross this boundary. I think about interaction with my kids. I would love to just give them whatever they want all the time. Like a dad year, a dad of the year award. No, I won't. Because to love my kids, sometimes I have to put boundaries and says, no means no, you can't do this. And I've had to have some strong conversations. I've raised eight children. I've had to have some strong conversations over the years where I've gone face to face, especially with my sons. I said, basically, knock it off. Yeah. You keep acting this way and there's going to be serious repercussions. Absolutely. Knock it off. That's love. That's love. And, uh, and and to say, hey, just please don't be, you know, please be in on time and here's a lollipop, you know, or, or an ice cream cone to reward no, your positive behavior. No, sometimes you need to knock it off or we're going to have some problems here. Yeah. Uh, and that needs to happen in the church. There needs to be strong leadership. There needs to be spiritual discipline that we need to preach on the issues we need to preach on the issues that matter. You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes, and you've heard me share this before, but if you want to study Christian worldview, one of the, the great uh, theorists is uh, Abraham Kuyper, uh, Danish leader. Uh, great, he, he was a, a governmental official as well as a church uh, leader. Uh, so he has that beautiful combination. But this is what he, he wrote. He said, when principles 
that run against your deepest convictions begin to win the day. So we're experiencing that. We're, right, we're in Pride Month, all right? So, so principles that run against your deepest convictions on sexuality or on righteousness or on the Word of God, when they begin to win the day, then battle is your calling and peace has become sin. Now, this is so profound. In other words, if you're a pacifist and you're yelling, peace, 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 when the deepest convictions in your heart are losing in the larger culture, he says, then battle is your calling. In other words, this is a call to war. We must do something yeah. about it. We cannot sit back and, and, and just say, peace, peace, as Jeremiah prophesied. The false prophets say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Um, so he says, you must, at the price of dearest peace, lay your convictions bare before friend and enemy with all the fire of your faith. He says, lay your convictions bare. In other words, you cannot hide. You cannot be a pacifist. Some people, as you mentioned, out of fear, they say, well, if I, if I stand up on this issue or speak out against this issue, I might lose my job. Um, we might experience cancel culture. Um, so what? What's at stake? And what's at stake is greater than whatever minimal loss we might go through or shortcome loss we might experience. He says, you need to lay your convictions bare for all the world to see. You know, I just saw a school teacher who basically said, look, first and foremost, I'm a Christian and that's who I am. That's who comes to work. That's who's the school teacher. Secondly, my Christian convictions are not going to be hidden when I come to teach in the public school. I'm going to be myself and I'm going to be a Christian here in the public school, which is his right to do so. That's, that's what religious liberty is all about. But to do that today means that you might experience some battle. You might experience some right. some head-to-head -head conflict. But what Kuiper's saying is we need to experience that head-to-head -head conflict when the convictions that are dearest to our heart are being trampled on the larger culture. Yeah. And and I just want to say this to pastors, when you avoid these issues because you're afraid that you might offend somebody or you're afraid that the somebody might report you to the authorities out there or that your church might be one of those churches you called a bigot church or a hater church or whatever nonsense, um, then you're not being true to the gospel. And when you're not being true to the gospel, everybody loses, especially the body of Christ, especially the glory of God, and people made in the image and likeness of God suffer. So that's that's the, the spiritual pacifist uh, mindset. And that might be a good place because we've... Uh, how far are we into the podcast? Oh, 30, today? 37, 38 minutes. Okay, so so that's probably a good place. Well, we might even pick it. When I showed you these notes, you said, wow, we can, we can do a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I was like, let's do a podcast on each one of these. I, I just got to find the point on spiritual pacifism. You know, many times we raise our children so that they would uh, not, like, we're, we're, we want to keep them away from the sins of the world. From, from And I get that. As, and I have three kids, one on the way, three little kids. And I, I'm like, and they're so innocent and so sweet. I'm just like, I don't even, I don't even know how they're engaged on some of these issues at this point. I don't need to engage yet because they're still innocent. They're still, I want them to stay in the innocent phase. But even now, I'm, I'm, my mentality is not to, like, I want to keep them far away as possible. My mentality is I want to train them to be armies and uh, 
for, for righteousness. I want to gear them up with the mentality of like, you are made for more. You are made for a purpose. You are made to engage. You are made to be a man and woman of God. You are made to, good. To, 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 to lead, to love people, to care, to engage. And I like that mentality so much better than just like, oh, I'm going to do when they grow. I don't know how to engage the culture. How am I going to talk to them about all these controversial issues and all these different things? And will they fall into this sin or this sin, this sin? It's like, I'm on the other side. I'm like, man, I'm going to train my kids. So they know that there's a battle ahead, that they're not scared of it, but they are. That's they realize that's their calling. Well, I think we shouldn't. When we find opposition, we shouldn't go. Oh my gosh, there's mean people. Yeah, there's people who don't like me. There, there's a, a real devil out there who, yeah. you know, I like to tell people Satan. You know, Satan plays for keeps. Yep. He's out to lie and kill and steal and destroy. That sounds like war to me. Yeah, uh, and to to teach our kids that somehow we live in this little Christian bubble and that we never need to engage a larger culture, or in fact that there's true enemies out there uh, who hate you, um, that there's a there's a, an enemy to your soul who seeks to destroy you and send you to hell. I think hell, hell is real, and yeah. we try to communicate to our children somehow that they live in this fairy tale world of cotton candy and unicorns, and uh, it's not always cotton candy. Yeah, and, and you gotta be age appropriate, you're not gonna throw like all those doom and gloom on them too quickly, but just to subtly injecting my in my seven-year-old, Nehemiah, my oldest, I'm still slowly injecting, like why am I asking you to do things that you don't wanna do? Because I wanna equip you to be a man of God, because you're supposed to be a leader. Speaking life into him, speaking conflict, or why do you feel this tension, this, this emotional turmoil? Let me teach you why I'm asking you to deny yourself, because there's a purpose behind it. Even subtly, I mean, eventually we have more and more talks about deeper things, but subtly, I'm ingraining to him for battle. In my yeah. mindset, I'm engaging him. So so I'm not scared of the world because I'm training my kids to take on the world. Yeah. And again, we're not talking about physical enemies. Uh, we're not talking about no, fighting people. We're, we're talking about principalities and powers. We're talking about the spiritual warfare that's at work. We love people, oh, yeah. but we love people enough to go after the wicked ideas and the strongholds that destroy people's souls. And uh, and if, if the church loves people made in the image and likeness of God, then we're going to hate wicked ideas. We're going to hate ungodliness. We're going to hate sin with a passion. We're going to do everything we can to create a larger environment where the gospel can spread and where people can be introduced to the beauty and the truth that's found in the Christian worldview. And that's what this podcast is well, dedicated to. The weapons of our warfare is, is what we've been preaching. We need to know the Word of God, teaching my kids to know the Word of God. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a weapon. Yeah, the Word and the Spirit. And then we, we also need to love people well, teaching my kids, like, hey, are you protecting your brother and sister? Are you loving people well? I mean, it's self-denial, even at a young age. So, so these are the weapons that we're talking about. Not like, yeah. oh, you got to be mean or you got to cut people down. No, no, no. I'm talking about internal fortitude and, and, and passion and character. Yeah. But but to teach them that, we need to demonstrate ourselves, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I, I, I just think this is such so empowering for parents and for people to realize, no, we're not victims in this. That's right. We can engage. Yeah. We're, we're rescuers. And, you know, I'll just say this, that with the feminization of the church, perhaps it's because we become a church filled with spiritual pacifists. Most men are, and they're calling to be protectors and providers. They're looking for a challenge. They're looking for a war. They're looking for a battle worthy of their lives. And we've, we've created a, a church full of sissies because we've lost our essential call to war. 
uh, to put on the whole armor of God, to fight for our families, to fight for our children, to fight for our nation. Uh, that's what it means to be a man. That's in us as spiritual men, as godly men. And so uh, let's let the church militant rise up. Onward Christian soldiers marching on to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. That was some of the, the great hymns that have been even removed from a sissified church who are, we're now offended with all that kind of language. But that's the essence of what it means to be the church militant and the church triumphant, not the church passive and fearful and hiding in the closet. So let's be those people. Let's go to those kind of churches. God knows America and the nations of the world are waiting for that type of church to arise. Let's be that church, all right? Thank you so much for tuning in. I don't know if you could uh, give them, where can they find this? Uh, where can they, in fact, we're still encouraging people to like it and to yeah, sign up. If you haven't signed up for our, our, our newsletter, our news alert every week, uh, go to the rjdpodcast.com into your email address so you can make sure you get an email every Thursday morning saying, hey, get a link saying, hey, the podcast is live. You also can find our YouTube channel and also on your Facebook. That's a little harder to find. So, so, so give us, yeah, and we post this Thursday morning. I post it first thing Thursday morning on the Facebook. But you, if you've missed it or you can't watch it uh, early that morning, go, go to YouTube. YouTube channel. So all right, thanks for tuning in. Spread it far and wide. And uh, let's uh, let the glory of the goodness of God and his greatness of the superiority of the Christian worldview spread far and wide. That That is a solution to seeing our nation and the nations of the world turn back to the Lord. Have a great week. We'll look forward to being with you next time where we're going to pick up this conversation on barriers uh, that, that uh, keep us from Christian cultural engagement and leadership. Have a great week.